Hello and welcome to Automators. I am Rose and I am here today with my co-host David. How are you today, David? I'm doing quite well, Rosemary. I'm kind of excited. We got a guest today with a new app that I am uh, really happy to see in existence. Yes, yes, we do. We have Simon here today. Welcome to the show, Simon. Thank you. And thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So Simon makes a great app called Scriptable, which for those of you who don't know, it's an application for iOS, which hooks right into Siri shortcuts. And you can basically do almost anything you want to on your iPhone or your iPad with JavaScript, which is pretty wonderful. I think the analog for this is Apple Script on the Mac. You know how you have Apple Script on the Mac, and it's a step up. You know, like you can learn how to do Automator, but if you want to do Apple Script, it gives you more power. Currently yeah. on the iOS, we have Siri shortcuts, but if you want to go even harder at this problem, you there is no such thing as Apple Script for iOS. But JavaScript is a is a great uh, language that allows you to address a lot of the the pieces of your phone and your iPad. So Simon made an application that's the scriptable app that lets you write JavaScript that not only is hypothetical and lets you learn how to write a programming language, it also lets you address the the device so you can automate things on the device that you normally wouldn't be able to do. It's a, it's a step up. Definitely. Historically, Simon, there was uh, the app Pythonista, which was great, but mm. I was telling you before we started, I just never got my head around Python, but I feel like JavaScript is a much more accessible language, and it just seems like the way the wind is blowing now. Like The Omni Group is doing their automation stuff based on JavaScript. Um, JavaScript is something that will work both on the Mac and the iPad, and the iPhone works across platforms. So I, I think you uh, you really hit the nail on the head with this app. So, so what gave you the idea to get started with this app? Uh, like you guys, I've been using a workflow for uh, like since it came out. I was uh, trying it out and experimenting it with it to see uh, like what can be done with it. And uh, I was super excited about all the possibilities that uh, that it had. But the more I used it, the more I just felt like this app this app isn't meant for me. Uh, I'm a programmer. I think like a programmer, um, and workflow now shortcuts has this uh, visual uh, language for making uh, making these uh, shortcuts for automating a, a task on on iOS. Um, so I was like, uh, maybe I can make maybe I can make something that's more suited for me. That's more suited for for programmers. Um, so and then I just got started to see. Yeah, what would that take? What would that uh, require? And then I just went from there. Yeah, and and it's this programming environment where you can write JavaScript on the phone. Um, for the gang that hasn't signed up for talk.automators.fm, shame on you, because that's a great place. But also, uh, we've been hosting Simon and Scriptable in the forum. So it's kind of like the unofficial gathering place for Scriptable people. And there's a lot of folks in there that have been working on their Scriptable scripts. And when, so we, Rose and I have been working with this app while it was in beta. And I'll have to admit, this is one I was worried about. I had the same feeling with this one that I had back in the days with the workflows. Like, is Apple going to let him publish this? Because you just never know, right? I mean, uh, uh, they did let Pythonista through, so I thought that was a, a hope. And it does seem like they're getting pretty automation friendly. So if I had to bet a nickel, I would have said that you were going to get through. But 
There was some worry. Were you ever at any point worried that you were going to do all this work and Apple wasn't going to let you publish the app? Oh, yeah. I, I had a lot of worrying. Uh, I, I, oh, I worried a lot about that. Um, but, I mean, Apple changed their guidelines for, uh, like, their, their, app, their App Store guidelines recently, a, a year or two ago, to allow apps that run code to be on the App Store. So, like, I knew that part. That, that would work out, and Pythonista is already there, as you mentioned. But of course, uh, I had my fears that they wouldn't let in an, uh, an app that, like, that had this one purpose of integrating with the native iOS APIs uh, using programming, uh, using a programming language. I had my doubts that, I, that they would allow that, but, um, but they did. <laughs> At what point in development did you realize that you were really onto something? I mean, when was the first time you ran it? And you're like, oh, wait a second, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. So when was the la- the first time? Uh, I think when I started to to have small UI components that I could create with my uh, with JavaScript, present them on screen, uh, press a button, for example, the standard uh, alert. That you see in an iOS pop-up sometimes, like uh, the one if you have to sign into iCloud, there's this pop-up on the uh, on the screen that, with the text field and two buttons, um, and that was one of the first components that I made, where I could enter uh, some text and press a button, and then I could get back the text into JavaScript. Then I felt like, okay, this is this. this I, I, I felt f- uh, free, so to speak. I, I can do a lot of things with this. Uh, and then it, it was just about figuring out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Because, uh, of course, it used to be as well, um, going back a little bit, that Apple wouldn't allow. So they did allow Python Easter onto the App Store, but Python mm. Easter was not allowed to synchronize their scripts with iCloud. And they weren't, oh. I don't think they were allowed to import scripts as well, if I'm remembering correctly. And then that came along later, which is, of course, a great thing because it means that I have scriptable on my iPhone and scriptable on my iPad, more than one iPad because multi-iPad lifestyle, and all of my <laughs> scripts are everywhere, which is wonderful. So that if I want to run something on my iPad or my iPhone, then I have no problem doing it. It just works, which is, of course, one of the reasons why we do usually love Apple. If it works, that makes things easier, doesn't it? It is a great feeling, though, when you manipulate, I don't know, maybe I'm just a nerd, but I remember when I was just a little kid, the first time I programmed a computer in basic and I realized that something on the screen could be changed by something I do with code. And, and that's special. And, and I always felt like the iPhone and the iPad was a device where you weren't really going to be able to do that. I mean, Apple itself doesn't have a native programming environment for iOS. You have to go to a Mac to program an iOS device. So you're in some ways you're ahead of Apple on this stuff. <laughs> well, they they do have uh, the Swift playgrounds, though. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But but um, you also included a bunch of scripts, Rose. You want to talk about some of the script, sample scripts? So if you're listening, and and first, I guess we should have said the app is a free download. It, you can just download it. He, Simon's not charging you for it. Although you should give him a tip because not only would it make you feel good. Uh, there's a very special thing that happens when you make a tip. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to make a tip if you want to see it. <laughs> yes. But it's cool. Um, 
Anyway, so Rose, talk about some of the so so you can download. Let's say you don't know anything about JavaScript. There, there's scripts already there. You can just run the ones he made for you, and you can play with those. Yeah. You want to talk about some of those? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I, I think the first time that I saw um, Scriptable, you had tweeted about it, and um, Anders Borum, who makes Working Copy, which is another great app that a lot of people listening to should probably check out if you use Git at all, retweeted one of your tweets, and I was like, oh wait. You are, uh, I think you were actually checking whether or not Slack was down. And of course it was, but you were using Scriptable to check that <laughs> Slack is down, um, which, uh, I mean, it's a quite a short script. It's only 20 lines and that's with all of the comments in there. Um, and you're just checking the Slack status. Um, so uh, just for the people that aren't listening, um, that's not using an API, is it? That's just grabbing Slack's uh, web page, if I'm looking at this correctly. Yeah, that is true. They have this uh, status website that yeah tells if Slack is down or not. Excellent. And it's it's using that. Yeah. So if for people who are there going like, oh, I don't know, like APIs sounds really complicated. You could literally just use this to grab a web page and display it to you, but then have that hooked into Siri, which means, of course, that then you can go, hey, telephone is Slack down, and then your telephone will come back and tell you either yes it is or no it isn't, um, which is quite useful if uh, you use Slack at least to communicate frequently, <laughs> but you could use it for anything. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read out the titles of some other ones. So there's A Countdown to Midnight, which is, of course, very helpful. Christmas and New Year, if you're waiting to dive into those presents or set off the fireworks, then you will definitely need that. You can import a selective file to bear. Uh, you have a pretty print JSON, which for people who aren't aware, a lot of data comes in a JSON format when you get it back from an API or something. And it's... Easy to read if it's formatted nicely. And I have to say, mm. I've been using this one all the time because you get a dictionary back and it's like, okay, what do I need to do with this to figure out what, you know, like how to get the right data out if I'm grabbing Dark Sky, for example. And it's great because I can put scriptable on one side of my screen with a pretty printed of JSON. And then I can, you know, sketch out my thoughts and notability on the other side so that I've got all of my notes, which is really good. And, uh, of course, you have getting the latest news from Mac stories, very important, and uh, a getting the latest XKCD comic, which I have been using. Unfortunately, XKCD does not update as frequently as I call a shortcut. Um, so if <laughs> anybody knows somebody there, please poke them. <laughs> but, but I mean, all of these are adaptable. Oh, well, you can put in other comics that update more frequently. Of course, yeah, that's and, true. And, and that's what I was, my, the point I was just about to make is that all of these are adaptable. You know the, um, um, it, you know, like the the Mac Stories one is basically an RSS JavaScript, and you can change the URL if there's a different website you like, and you can put it in there. Or if you want to pull a comic down from a different website, you can do that. So, not knowing a lick of JavaScript, you could go in this app and actually kind of fiddle around with things and, and start changing the way things work. Um, the other thing that, that Rose and I both were talking about before we got on the mic today is how impressive it is that you can tie into the native stuff. Like you've got a JavaScript in there showing you that the reminders that are due today. Yeah. And, and, and to me, this is really cool because I always feel like when people want to learn a programming language, it's always hard to learn it in the abstract. It's like, what am I going to do with this? Okay, so this is how you make a variable and this is how you pass information but uh, you know, it's no use to me until I can do something real with it. And because you've got this this uh, platform you've made, 
it's the ideal place to learn JavaScript because it allows you to do things. It allows you to tie into your iOS apps. It allows you to make Siri shortcut, or I'm sorry, uh, Siri addressable uh, commands where you can talk to your phone and run a JavaScript. And suddenly, you as soon as you start learning it and learning all these different places you can hook into the iPhone, the iPad, um, you have a reason to do it. And then that then you're going to really learn it because you have something you want. You have results you want to get, and you can get there. And um, I'm just really happy that this 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 app exists. I guess I didn't ask a question, did I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, so the um, so what's the feedback been from the community since you've released it? Oh, it have been uh, it have been quite overwhelming, I would say. Um, I when I started the project, I had no idea that uh, people would uh, would care about this this small app, but uh, it's definitely something that a lot of people have an opinion about. Like what should be possible and how things should uh, work in the app, and yeah, uh, giving all sorts of uh, great ideas. Uh, people are nice to come up with uh, with ideas and find uh, if they find any bugs, they would report it on the on the forum or at the at the at the, at the automators forum. Uh, that that's just uh, it's it's overwhelming that it's something people actually care about. <laughs> so, so Ro- Rose, you make your you pay for your shoes programming computers, among other things. Um, so, but you're also heavy into Siri shortcuts. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, for the folks out there, where do you see the line between scriptable and Siri shortcuts? I mean, where you know what what's the tasks you would do differently with the different platforms? It's it's one of those things where you can get extremely high level if you or really really deep into the system if you want to with scriptable and so for example i mean if i tell if i look at shortcuts and i'm like okay i want to get the list of events that i've got today um and i want to have them presented to me well i mean at the moment at the very least shortcuts is limited it can either read me all of the events or it can launch the the app and show me the list of events uh, which is okay, um, but maybe I just want one thing said and one thing shown, and that is where you can get really nerdy with Scriptable, because you can say, right, I want Siri to tell me this, and I want it to show me this. But also you can then say, but hey, if I'm not writing it in Siri, I want you to do this instead, please. Um, which I have to say, I am really, really excited by the fact that you've included the ability to te- detect whether or not the scriptable script is being run through Siri. Is that something that you use a lot in your own script, Simon? Yeah, I use it uh, basically in most of the scripts that I that I that I choose to make uh, runnable in Siri because often I I need different uh, behavior depending on if it's running in Siri or if I run it in the app, for example. If I run a, a script in Siri, I often want Siri to uh, read out loud a, a text string. Mm-hmm. Like uh, with the is Slack down script, she will read uh, yes if Slack is down or in the unlikely case that Slack is not down, she will say no. Um, but if I run the script from within the app, I don't need that uh, feedback. I don't need her to, to say anything. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I usually make the, the scripts differ. Yeah. So, Rose, have you made any of your own custom scripts? 
than scriptable? It's one of those things. I've I've done a lot of one-off scripts, and I find I do this with shortcuts as well, where it's just like, okay, I need to get this data and manipulate it in this way so that I can see this, or I can get this, and I can save it to a file. So I've done a lot of things like that. Uh, and then I've deleted a lot of the scripts afterwards because they were just one-time run things, uh, which I think I'm probably in the minority when I say that I mostly use scriptable and shortcuts for one-time actions. Uh, automating for one-time use sounds a bit crazy, but it does actually save me a lot of time and, more importantly, make it accurate. Uh, but I have been using the ones that Simon has created, um, and I've been modifying it. So, for example, the latest news on Mac Stories, I just took it and I modified it, and now I can get, uh, in the morning, it tells me, like, three or four headlines from various different outlets so that I can get, like, something from the BBC or and, you know, I can check in uh, to make sure that, you know, Brexit is still happening um and various other things like that um you know to make sure that i know what it's like and then i can still i can get the weather on top of that so my my good morning routine actually now is predominantly scriptable based uh there are a few things that i'm I'm doing with shortcuts right now just because uh the hue app donates to shortcuts so uh we have hue light bulbs so it's quite nice to do that but then i have uh it open scriptable for me and then i uh don't actually need to make my shortcut open scriptable. I could just have it end and then run my scriptable script. But yes. You know, this is something I haven't tried before, and and this is probably a dumb question, but can does does scriptable donate to series shortcuts so I can run my scriptable as just another piece of a series shortcut? Yes. That you ah, can do. Of course. Of course it does. Of course. <laughs> so actually, if you look in the settings of every shortcut. Um, so that is in the top left corner, there's a settings cog. Uh, then you can choose to add it to Siri directly. Um, and you can specify if you want the shortcut to always run in the app, if it always needs to launch scriptable, um, you can do that. You've got the URL scheme right there. And there's also a really nice button called add to launch center pro, which would mean that you can have launch center pro remind you when you get to work to run a particular script, for example. Uh, looking at the always run in the app, Simon, can you tell us uh, a little bit about why you might want a scriptable script to always run in scriptable? Yes. Um, so uh, there are there are some limitations when running uh, when running scripts on uh, from a, a share sheet on iOS, or actually when running it inside of Siri. Apps are constrained to fewer resources. Uh, most importantly, the the memory, uh, the RAM. That can be used. That's that's way more limited than in the in the host app. So if you have a, a really heavy script that you want to run, but you want to run it from a, a share sheet with some input, say you might have a a photo and you want to that, that that you can take in from a share sheet and you want to process that photo. Well, that might require a lot of memory. So in that case, you might want to turn on always run an app, so you can run your script with more memory, memory basically. Um, back in the days, the, the workflow app used to have a similar, uh, a similar setting because they were under the same, the same uh, restrictions. I would assume that the new shortcuts app doesn't have it. They probably have some special entitlement allowing them to, to use more memory. Yeah, I guess that's one of the advantages of getting bought by Apple is they get more yeah. memory. That's, I, I have I'm to sure say, actually, in my experience, as uh, Shortcuts does occasionally error out when I try, for example, if I try and share like four or five photos to add an app frame, it actually just 
die silently on me. Um, and then when I run it again for the second time, it seems to work. And so I have a feeling it might still be running into those memory issues you were just talking about. Really? Yeah. Found something out well, now there. That th- now that I think about it, that might explain a few things I've been dealing with too. Yes. But you can, uh, for anybody else experiencing that issue in shortcuts, uh, there is a, uh, a shortcut uh, action which specifies that you can tell it to open, continue in shortcuts, and then it will open the app and then run the shortcut, which would, of course, if, is basically the same as what you were doing, uh, Simon, in Scriptable with specifying, hey, always open in the app, which is yeah. really nice. You can also get a URL scheme for your scripts. So to the extent you're using URL schemes, that's another way to call back easily. Yes. And with URL schemes, um, you can also pass arguments to a script, can't you? Yes, you can. You can pass uh, arbitrary arguments to a script using the, the query parameters of the URL scheme. So when you go into the script settings and you scroll down to the URL scheme, you'll see that it says something like, scriptable colon slash 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 run and then there's a query parameter that is the script name and you can add more of those after the script name using the ampersand character and those parameters will be available when you run your script so this is really useful if you want to grab data from somewhere i don't know maybe something can share to shortcuts and then shortcuts can grab that information and manipulate it in some strange way that scriptable can't which i'm thinking it probably could actually um then you could then pass <laughs> it on to scriptable uh but this is also useful for example if i wanted if david and i had a shared scriptable script i could actually send him a url scheme that would give him the right variables to create a special automators episode uh in omnifocus for example yeah. You know what I love? Um, Apple has not really done a great job at this point of giving us ways to pass data. I mean, you can have variables inside a series shortcut, but you know, you can't, it's, it's not that easy to put data into it. And, and you've got uh, scriptable and you've got series shortcuts and everybody's coming up with these creative solutions to get around that limitation. It's, it almost reminds me of the emergence of the URL scheme to begin with, but it, I just love that, you know, the community is like, okay, that's fine. We'll use the clipboard. We'll use URL schemes. We'll do whatever we need to do to get what we want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nerds will not be stopped, I think, is the, yes. uh, the correct answer there. Yeah. And hopefully in a future release, we'll get, you know, the Apple will formalize that to where we don't need to do this stuff. But for now, we do have a solution. I love that. I'm just looking because, of course, in the application as well. Uh, so top left, you've got the, the settings icon for every single script. Middle, uh, you have the play button, just like uh, shortcuts or workflow, which is what can run the script in the application, which is very useful if you're trying to test it. Um, and then the top right, there's a book icon, which, of course, opens the documentation. And, oh, my gosh, there is so much here. Uh, can you just give us an overview of the kinds of... Uh, system APIs that Scriptable can hook into. Yes, uh, sure. So there are a lot of different um, different APIs, but it's there are stuff like the the calendar reminders. Uh, you can you can even access the the file systems, so you can read and write to your um, your iCloud drive directly from Scriptable. Uh, you have access to the photos and networking requests and so on yeah and this of course is great because then you can you know you can grab all of this data and you can take it and then um, you can 
either have it spoken to you or you can, you know, turn it into a document and save it somewhere. And you've also included um, the UI table, which for people not aware is basically the way to create a table, which means that you can then, even if you want to, present it in a table format and uh, have it just pop up in Siri, which is one of the things that I see people using a lot. And it's really exciting to see people get excited about tables in JavaScript. For some reason, that just makes me happy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's, it, people are happy about it or excited because you can use the JavaScript for something practical. Yes. Practical, excuse me. I mean, you can address an email message. You can create a table. You can create calendar events. You know, the, it just gives you this power. And like you were saying earlier, uh, you do have a lot of this with Siri shortcuts. But if you want to go a level deeper and have even more control, then you just write a JavaScript through this app and you're good. Because I've just been looking, of course, you have the keychain in here as well, which uh, for people not aware, that's the built-in password storage in iOS and actually on the Mac. And so you can allow people to get and set credentials on there, which of course, uh, it will pop up a warning if somebody is you know, trying to access that at least the first time, if I remember correctly, um, so that you can then grab, um, for example, an API key and store it in keychain, which is something that you absolutely cannot do in shortcuts. If you want to, for example, connect to a server uh, via SSH, you need to know the username and password and you put them in the app and anybody that can open that shortcut can read at the very least the username. Uh, copying the password out doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so that's that's really useful. Uh, what made you add uh, the keychain API of all things? Yeah, uh, it was one of the more requested APIs as people started to share their own scripts. Uh, they would have to uh, remove API keys and uh, credentials from the scripts before sharing them. But um, but by, by, by putting them into the keychain and using the keychain inside of the script, you can basically, you can just share the script uh, uh, where it's it's fetching those credentials from the from the keychain, um, so this is this is basically a, a, an API that's meant for people sharing scripts. Um, well, I can believe a lot of people are sharing scripts because I see them sharing scripts in the forums and asking for help creating <laughs> things, which is yeah. really exciting to see so many people getting very excited about this application. Another example of where it runs deeper is like the device information. You can get device information with Siri shortcuts. But you can't get information like, is it charging or not? Or is it face up or face down? And that's the type of information you can get with Scriptable. It just runs deeper. And you just let your mind ponder that for a minute. Maybe there's a script that you want to run when it's face down. I mean, I don't know. It's a, I don't know. I, I like this stuff. Well, I, I know also have to, on Android, you can, you can, there's with Automator, uh, no, not Automator, um, there's, there's an autom there's a couple of Automator apps on Android where you can specify that uh, if you're, if you put your phone face down, it should go into do not disturb mode. Um, so if you're running the script and you turn your phone face down, you could theoretically uh, have it, you know, like reduce the brightness and um, things like that just to, you know, save battery. Uh, if you wanted to, I suppose. <laughs> Although I think Apple's already doing most of that, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> they, but, you know, but if you if you've left your screen on and you you're running the scriptable app, yeah. I, I, you know, can I'm, it's just a question of, of course, when does it check the uh, screen uh, configuration? And it, yeah, and it, as someone who likes to dictate a lot, Simon, I love that you included the ability to open a dictation window, so you can include that into your script. Just open a dictation window and start talking. 
I, I doubt yeah. that was I doubt that was a real hard one. I mean, I think it's just one thing you do, but it, it's um, it, it's useful. You know, uh, the whole point of this stuff, I think, is making this programming stuff useful and allowing people to build things to help them save time. And uh, and I think you've really done it with this app. Well, thank you. I'm glad to. I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad that someone is using the the dictation API. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, one of us. I'm uh, using it too, so that's two of us. Yay! Ah, amazing. (laughs) This episode of Automators is brought to you by the Omni Group, the makers of OmniFocus. OmniFocus for three is a major update to the app, which has been the trusted gold standard to do application for 10 years since its very first day on the App Store, which was the first day of the App Store. It is the best OmniFocus ever. In OmniFocus 3, you have tags instead of context. You can create tags for people, energy, priorities, location, anything you like. And in the forecast view, you now get a complete overview of all of your tasks and your calendar events in order, sorted, ready for you, so you can see what's coming at you today and adjust them if you need to. You have enhanced repeating tasks, which are even easier to set up than they were before, and they work with real-world examples, such as the first weekday of the month. You can even batch edit on iOS now, which lets you set due dates or tags, or even modify the project of multiple tasks at once, or you can modify multiple projects. And finally, you have the flexible inspector, which means that if you never use deferred dates, you can hide them just by tapping the edit inspector button, which allows you to hide and show those things that you truly want so that you have them right under your fingers. If you download OmniFocus 3 today for iOS, then you get a 14-day free trial and you can then buy the standard or the Pro Edition. Don't worry if you've got an older version of OmniFocus, you can get a 50% discount if you have the older version installed. Go to OmniFocus.com right now and start getting more done. That's OmniFocus.com. OmniFocus, accomplish more every day. Our thanks to the Omni Group for their support of this show and Relay FM. So if someone's out there listening and they, they don't know JavaScript, we've talked in the past that, you know, we've recommended sites like um, Code Academy and, and Linda and some of the others. Um, the, um, you know, what would you recommend for someone getting started with this stuff that they want to, you know, try and pick up the app and, and learn a little bit of JavaScript and try and use this to automate some of their items? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. How do you learn JavaScript? Um, I think, as you mentioned, the Code Academy is a really, really good uh, place to start. They have these uh, great courses that are easy to follow and uh, really takes you, takes you through some of the, the basics. And I think as, as soon as you have some of the basics uh, settled, like how do you make a variable, what's a string, what's a number, and so on, well, it, it doesn't take much more than that before you can start using, using Scriptable. So as soon as you have the basics, I think Scriptable is, is also a decent place to learn uh, some, some JavaScript. Yeah, I, I really believe that this is, to me, the platform to learn JavaScript on, if you like iOS. If you're, if you're listening to this show, you're probably an Apple person. And the, um, this because, it, like I said earlier, it allows you to tie into stuff. Uh, JavaScript is not that hard to learn. If you just took a weekend and went to Code Academy or to one of these sites that teaches you the basics, you would learn enough. And then once you open this app, like we were talking about earlier, they've got these APIs. So 
you can take that JavaScript that you learned and then you can say, well, I want to add a dictation box here. Well, it's right here. It shows you how to do it. You just add it to your code. And when you run it, a dictation box shows up. It really feels like you're programming and it's a lot of fun. If you've been curious about this, I think this is a great on-ramp for you. I mean, if you, uh, if you're, and you, if you're good at Siri shortcuts, you know enough to do this. You just got to get yourself a little knowledge. You know, you just got to learn a little bit about the syntax of Java. But I think that's time well spent if you like automation, because JavaScript is the foundation of the Omni stuff. It just seems to be growing in use for automation everywhere. And uh, this stuff will not only serve you on iOS, it'll serve you on the Mac as well. Definitely. It's, it's everywhere. And I mean, learning a programming language is one of those things. Some people do struggle with it, but it is well worth it. And of course, once you've learned one programming language, picking up another one is not so tricky because it's the principles behind it that really are what you need to know to understand this stuff. So it's JavaScript is a great place to start with that because you can do so much with it. And especially with Scriptable, in my opinion, this is the best app to get started with learning JavaScript. It's that or maybe drafts um, because you can actually do something that is useful <laughs> to you. And that's the thing. Coding is great when it's theoretical and everyone's like, yeah, 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 that's nice. But this, you can actually make your iPhone do what you want it to do. So you can say, hey, if my iPhone is charging, then I don't care what the battery life is like. But hey, if my iPhone is not charging, but the battery is fifty less than 50%, then I want you to remind me to do this. And I want you to add these tasks to my OmniFocus. And oh, wait, you can put this in things. And I want a new note with that. All sorts of things. Um, because, of course, you have URL scheme support as well. Because in the documentation, there is support for uh, callback URL, which is... URL scheme. So you can even tell it to open things and do stuff with apps that maybe don't yet have other automation possibilities. So let's assume a few of our listeners are curious about this, but they're not going to go watch a course yet. They just want to open up the app and play with it. And looking through these apps or these the scripts you include, a lot of it is very understandable. I mean, setting a URL, you know, you can, you can look at that and you understand what it is. You read the URL, but, um, for folks who've never done JavaScript before, there's this guy named Jason that keeps showing up in all of your scripts. And uh, tell us about JSON. Yeah, uh, JSON is um, it's basically the way that the JavaScript objects are structured. It's a format like um, some, some people might know XML or other markup languages. So JSON is a small language to... Um, express the, the structure of an object. So you have these keys, and each key has a value. So you could have a, a name uh, key, and then the value could be David, David and, uh, and so on. So you, you compose these objects that, uh, that contain uh, data that can be passed around between apps or on the, on the web. So if you load data from an, an API, most modern APIs will return, will return JSON. And this is really easy to, to process in JavaScript. Actually, JavaScript um, uh, object notation, which is why it's so easy yeah. to parse in JavaScript. So, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's J-S-O-N. Rose, why don't you talk us to, we did this with, uh, with Sal on this show. So let's assume that the, if you're listening to the show at this point, you've downloaded Scriptable or you're about to. Um, let's walk through just one of them just to kind of give people a flavor of what's involved. 
And um, if you want to just kind of narrate us through the comic and Siri one, that's a very short one. Just kind of explain what's going on a little bit. So if someone's at home listening along, they can they can get an idea from a from an expert. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to need Simon to help me out with this because uh, there is a little thing in here called a weight, which he's going to have to explain a little. But uh, to start with, you have to say what the URL is of uh, XKCD in this case so that we can get the information from it. Um, and then we make a new request, uh, which means that we're going to say, hey, URL, uh, I want this information, please. And then we say that we want to get the JSON from this URL. And we await um, loading the JSON. Uh, Simon, can you give us a brief explanation of what await means? Uh, await basically means that we are performing we are performing an operation where we want uh, a value, but that value is not really ready for us yet. So in this case, we're making a network request, which is an operation that takes time. But we want to wait until that operation has finished and then get the value. And if I understand this correctly, I mean, the internet is not necessarily immediate and you don't want the script to run forward before you get the data back. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So now we have our JSON. We've waited for that to come back to us. And um, then we we get the image from the JSON. Okay. So the JSON is uh, can be accessed with square brackets. And then you can specify the key that you're looking for. So Simon used the example earlier of David. In this case, it's IMG, which means image. Uh, and then we get the alt text because every XKCD comic has alternative text, uh, which is very amusing. And I highly recommend if you haven't looked at that before, you should. Um, and uh, then we go through and we get the uh, the image itself. Um, we do that by doing another request, which has the image URL in it. Uh, and then we wait again for the image to come back. Images, especially on the internet, can take a little while to load. And then we uh, we look at the image, and if uh, it's being run through Siri, then you get Siri to speak the alt text as well, which is an excellent example. And uh, I actually have a friend who learned that there is alt text on XKCD comics because I demoed this script for them. <laughs> so, uh, yes. And, and, and the exciting part for me at the end is, so this is just like five or six lines of code. It's not very much once you look at it. But at the end is the API call. It's where you get to make something happen on the device. And you don't have to figure out how to create an image viewer or, you know, you're not writing a program to display images. You just access the quick look and it just pops up on the screen. And you're, in essence, tied into those APIs that Simon spent all his time making for us. So um, that's the that's the payoff. You know, you do a little bit of code and then you tie into something that Apple and Simon have already generously created for us. And you get the benefit of it. It's it's fun. You know, this stuff can be fun if you uh, spend a little time with it. Definitely. It's it's one of these apps. I saw you creating this and I was like, I, I need to be on the beta for this. And at that point, that wasn't a beta yet. You weren't ready. And I was there going, hmm, how patient can I be? Because it is amazing. I can tell Siri to do stuff and I can use all of these fabulous things that are available. But I don't have to learn to program an app. I mean, I, I am trying to learn Swift, but... I only have so many hours in the day, and unfortunately, it doesn't provide enough time to really properly learn Swift so that I can actually make an app. And you've done all the hard work for me, so now I can use an, a language that I'm already familiar with to do exactly what I would want to do in an app, and even more. 
Well, Simon, I know you spent a lot of time putting this together, and we do appreciate it a lot because uh, this. I feel like this combined with Siri shortcuts, it's like uh, automation Christmas for us on iOS right now. And uh, this is going to give people who want to go deeper, and it is work. I mean, don't get me wrong. You will have to spend that weekend learning a little bit of JavaScript. But like I said, I don't think the on-ramp is as steep as you may think it is. And once you get in there and you start fiddling around with it, and like you go on to the automators.fm, talk.automators.fm, and join with the groups of people that are already making scripts for this, you're going to get a lot of help. Um, but once you start doing that, you can take it to the next level. And you can even make little components to add to series shortcuts if you want to, you know, I, I mean, it's just like the sky's the limit for you. So we would all, we would all three of us encourage you to download this app and give it a try. And if you see any use for it all, please give Simon a donation. He's giving it away. And I, I want to make sure that he can continue to develop it because it's a very selfish thing, but I love this app and I want to keep using it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, as David mentioned at the beginning, there is a lovely surprise if you tip. So you really ought to. All right, Simon. So uh, what's next for Scriptable if you can share now? Have you got some plans? you want to add any new features to it? Or are you, you know, where are you at right now in your development? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm working on, on the next big update, version 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, and I've already got a few, uh, few features uh, prepared. Uh, so the, one of the, the next big things will be auto-completion. A lot of people have, uh, have been wanting that, and, and myself included. And I think that will make writing scripts much faster. So when you when you start typing in the editor, it will suggest uh, APIs and the variables that you have created. Yeah. So with a single tap, you can just it, it will complete the complete the word for you, much like when you are writing text messages. Yeah, so like if you've ever written computer code, a lot of times the computer knows basically where you're going as soon as you start. Like if you write let, it knows where you're going with that and um, so what he's talking about is just making it so it just fills the line in for you. Then I guess you would just tap in your variable name or whatever the object is of that line of code and then and keep going. Yeah, exactly. I've been using this for a month or so. And the other day I was using the, the, the current version of the app and I was like, what? what? How, how, how could I ever live without auto-completion? Uh, I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Any idea when that's going to sh- ship? Oh, I don't want to make any any promises, but uh, okay. I'm not, not trying to put you on the spot. I was just curious because I want it, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bug you to get on the beta. You know, you know what's gonna happen, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a beta sign up, or has been a beta sign up in the forum. So if you are interested in getting on the beta, then I would highly recommend keeping an eye on that and the scriptable Twitter accounts because then you might well be able to get onto the beta and uh, enjoy some of these new features as they are being developed. And of course, help Simon up by providing some good feedback to let him improve the app as he sees fit. So we, we released the show on Fridays for a reason. You're heading off to your weekend now. We're all geeks, right? We're listening to a show about Scriptable. Download the app, throw a few bucks to Simon, and uh, get online, learn a little JavaScript, and see if you can't make your, your iPhone and your iPad jump in circles for you a little bit this weekend. And let us know what you do. We'd love to see your scripts. 
Definitely. Please, uh, if you have uh, script or scripts that you've made and you can share them and you haven't shared them yet, then we would love to see them in the forums because that is a really nice place to share scripts and to give other people ideas. And if you're looking for scripts or you're looking for some ideas, again, check the forums, talk.automators.fm. There's a scriptable category and you can find loads of really great examples there. And of course, some very helpful people who are very willing to give you some of their time to... Uh, help you figure these things out if you're stuck. So go and uh, sign up if you haven't already. Thanks again, Simon, for coming in and talking to us today and all the work you've done in making this application. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Where can people find you online, Simon? Twitter is probably the best, the best place. I'm at Simon Bias, and uh, they can follow the Scriptable app on uh, yeah, at Scriptable app. And occasionally uh, I'm also... Uh, on the talk.automators.fm forum. Yes, you uh, often pop up just after somebody's answered something and it's always uh, quite interesting to see your responses because you're very helpful there when you've got the time, which of course you're, you're developing an app. So there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, David, where can people find you? Um, you can find me over at maxsparky.com and learn.maxsparky. And how about you, Rose? Uh, I am at rosemaryorchard.com, uh, at rosemaryorchard on microblog and Twitter, and rosemaryorchard on Mastodon as well. That's mastodon.social. And of course, Automators is Automators FM. And you can find us and talk to us, give us feedback, tell us what you're doing with Scriptable uh, over in the forums, which you've heard the URL 100 times. Here it is, 101, talk.automators.fm. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Get scripting, and we'll see you in two weeks.